What's good? I had a conversation with a client of mine. He was telling me, just giving me some background about his life and whatnot. And look, he explained that things are rough. It's quite tough. Financially, you know, just the situation that he's going through at the moment. And I was very humbled that he was able to tell me that. And at some point, I think I said the words, I understand. And in that moment, I realized that he didn't, I don't think he believed me. I really don't. Because it's difficult. It's, I wouldn't, if I wasn't me and I was talking to me and someone said, and that person said, I understand, I'd be like, no, you don't understand. You have this, you have that. You, you know, you've worked, you've done such and such work. You have, you've got all these opportunities. How could you possibly understand where I'm coming from? And don't get me wrong. I'm very, very, I'm very, very grateful for all the opportunities that I've had, but it, I mean, by all, by no means did it come from a place where everything was handed to me or, you know, um, there was still work involved to get to where I am now. So I just thought maybe I can give a bit of a background of my own story. I, I don't really enjoy doing this, but I think like once a year I do, I do a voice note where I highlight parts of my past um, and then I try and highlight a bit of my future just so that there is a bit of an understanding there that all this information that's coming to you isn't coming to you from someone that isn't, that hasn't A, gone through it, B, someone that is forever still trying to study and become better and see someone who is, you know, have got goals and aspirations to just, you know, overall, uh, just get overall improvement. So to start off right at the top, um, I'm... I was born in Maseru, um, and I know I've done this a few times, so uh, yeah, I'm going to be going over it again. Um, I was born in Maseru, um, in Lesotho, in Marija Hospital, 1989. Um, my parents were, they had just left Uganda because of the issues with Idi Amin, who is probably, I'd say it's probably ten top 10 dictators of history of all time um so they fled well not necessarily fled like they weren't running i think quite a lot had happened by the time they left they went through to lesotho they were there for a while they had me and then at that point they found a way into the um into the country um they then went through to what was known as the transkai small little place just outside of queenstown called Esbeleni, where I was for a couple of years, must have been to, until I was about maybe six years old, I was there. Um, my parents came to this country with about a couple hundred rand, um, and then yeah, they literally took every job that they could. I think I started one year of pre-primary um, in Esbeleni, and then from there I moved to East London uh, with the rest of the with the, with the family. Uh, we stayed there for a bit. I was at Selborne. That's where I got my education, high school, primary school and high school education. I was there. I didn't take many opportunities, but one of the more notable opportunities that I did take was the opportunity to play the violin, which is offered to everybody in the class. I just happened to not want to be in class anymore. And I wanted to go and see what the hell the violin was. Why not? Um, mind you, I also tried out for the choir and I was kicked out right in the beginning um yeah so i started playing the violin i think outside of that there weren't really the, i didn't have any highlights during school I played a bit of sport you know 
it was an all boys school so that was the focus my grades weren't great i wasn't the most smartest person out there um, and then i went to university university also major opportunity i just got through when i looked at the point system i was like there's no way i'm gonna get through i wanted to become a, a soccer player um i think it was a lot of people's dream at the time to become a soccer player i wanted to go find myself somehow playing for my favorite team which is chelsea fc at some point in my life my parents said no freaking way are you gonna do that um go and study something so i thought hey let me become a doctor i didn't have enough points to become a doctor um but i could become a physio which has something to do with sport um i'd seen one physio in my life and i figured hey this doesn't look too bad so i decided i was going to be that that person went to university while i was there actually it was in my trick that i started making beats i put out my first beat tape with a guy called skill music essay he's um long-term friend of mine um moved to cape town I was in Cape Town for four years, met up with a guy called uh, Deleza. He goes by Deleza the MD right now. Um, we started making music together. We then, we organized a couple of our own gigs. Um, look, they were really, really, really slow budget, small scale. Just, I've got some footage from it. I actually looked at it the other day. It's, it's quite bad. But um, yeah, I'll probably, I'll probably post it one day. Um, when things are going a lot better than they are now. Um, I moved to Joburg because I had to do my community service after I finished with my degree. When I was when I was in Joburg, like when I got here, I literally I just had my laptop, backpack, and I think I had 1,500 Rand, if I'm not mistaken. I, stre- I stretched that for the first month, and then I started earning a salary. Kept, uh, I walked to work, I did all the things. I took taxis, I... I was required all over Joburg, so was, I learned the taxi system quite quickly. But for back then, like I knew prices getting around. Um, eventually, in the year 2012, in about July, June actually, I got my my first car. Um, started paying for that. Started living out, you know, trying to build up. I don't know how I was gonna do it. Like I kept on just going, arriving at. Um, radio stations with my beat cds and just trying to do any weird stuff it was a very weird time in hip-hop before aka pop popped before um was who's this casper had popped nasty c and mt and them were still like you know they were still at school um and like i was just looking for an opportunity but i wasn't able to get one because i got to Joburg. i didn't have any connections uh, met up with a guy called Nick Explicit. He gave me a few opportunities here and there to be able to record artists. Um, by this point, I'd already spoken to P.O. and he had already given me a, a spot to to feature on one of his tracks. You know, I produced one of the tracks that he did with uh, Jay Lawless. I got in contact with Justin, Jay Lawless, and I went through to his place one of the days. It's, it happened to be very close to the place where I bought my car. So on the day that I got my car, I went past his place. I visited him and I literally just asked whether, you know, we can work. Just be, And he gave me an opportunity. And through working, I learned a lot very quickly. I changed the program that I was using. I changed the way I thought about music. He was essentially a mentor to me. So we worked a couple of years. While working with him, I met a lot of people. I won't lie, I met a lot of people. Um we made a lot of music 
And while we were there, I got this thought. I was like, let me start making music for TV. I pitched it to him and he was like, yeah, let's do it. So I did some research. We sat in a couple of meetings. We got ourselves in with some music publishers and we started creating music for TV. In the beginning, it didn't give us much money. I always tell the story where like my first royalty check must have been like 300 rand for the year. So like it sucked. I won't lie, it sucked. I wasn't earning anything. I'd earn maybe, I don't know, 3,000 rand a year off of music. And it was just painful because I'd been making beats for a while. I felt I was good enough. Um, in hindsight, I really wasn't. But yeah, we just continued making music. Then eventually he left. Uh, Jay Lawless went to the States. And at that point, I just so happened to have bought a microphone, you know, tried to get my own setup going. Um, I had to save every cent I had, um, you know, just, to, you know, so I'd be able to afford all the equipment. Um, from that point, I took on quite a lot of his client base, which was cool because I'd networked with him and I'd networked with those people. They contacted me and they said, look, you're probably the closest thing that I'm going to get to Jay Lawless. So can I come work at your studio? Just give me your rates. And I was like, okay, perfect. Let's do that. Um, and yeah, that's how I've been building ever since. Uh, between that, I mean, I skipped out parts about the blog that I built, the podcast that I worked on for a long time, the various beat tapes that I put out there. But there were there was a lot of stuff that I released and that I've been putting out even now still. Um, I don't mention too much. But looking back at that there, not to say I've gone the distance and this is my end point. There are a lot of points of improvement, but there were points and there still are points where nothing happens where it's difficult it's tough there's still a lot um that goes wrong um it, i just don't speak about it as much obviously so it seems like a lot goes right and i think it's the same with the guys the big the big artists that you see out there they don't speak much about what actually happened you know you have to get these in-depth interviews and even with those you're not 100% sure you're getting the truth from them. And I kind of want to stay as transparent and at various points just tell accounts of what happened to me. That way, by the time there's a need for me to tell the story again, the story's already out there. So that's what some of this is for as well. But for me, I would definitely say that if things aren't good, things aren't great, if you're looking at someone and you're like, look, Things are great for you right now. You could never understand my situation. Just, I don't know, just probe a bit deeper because that person might have gone through the very same thing that you're going through and they might have the solution right there. Um, I don't know who might need to hear this or who might gain anything from this, but I think it, it's, it's something that needs to be mentioned. Um, so if you feel like there's a lot of things that are just not aligning right now, um, feel free, like text me, send me a voice note. Uh, there is a lot of ways around a lot of these problems. I don't have all the answers, but I've got some of them. And I'm really, I'm open to just speaking. And at least, you know, we can engage in that way. And we can come together with this, you know, get some kind of a solution. Look, I, I don't have hectic amount of funds that I can throw you away and say, look, this is what I'm going to do for you. But I do have solutions to certain problems. So hit me up. And I've also got some connections as well that might be able to assist you with stuff. And I'm trying to get really good about connecting people. So let me know what it is. Look, it's a it's a weird request because I know everybody needs different things. 
not to mention cash like hard cold hard money but yeah i'll see what i can provide um with regards to connections networks solutions in general uh, yeah so hit me up and we'll see what we can do peace